0: Hi, friends. Welcome back to the All That Is Good podcast. It has been a while. I truly don't even know how long, maybe a couple months. I really thought that when I started the podcast in pregnancy, I was like, oh, I've got all this time. I'll just be able to like crank these out every single week. And I don't know, right after that last episode that I put out, I feel like my, I hit the third trimester, my emotional like capacity took a nosedive and I honestly just was super tired. A lot of the time I was kind of running off of like second trimester high Which, if anyone has been pregnant, you know that they call the second trimester your honeymoon phase for a reason. You have so much energy all of a sudden after, like, a really rough first trimester. You feel great. Like, you know, you, depending on your body, like, you know, your body still feels pretty good. You're not really uncomfortable yet. And then the third trimester hits. And it is like, whoa. So, yeah, that happened. And... I kind of just started taking some time to really care for myself, to really hone in on being prepared for birth and for labor and getting the house ready and taking care of all the things that we needed to do before the baby actually gets here. So for that, I apologize. I cannot promise that these will be out every single week, especially since we are about to welcome little baby Brown into the world any day now. Um, but I do hope to get back to them more consistently and then hopefully once I have a good newborn routine down, this can become a weekly or biweekly thing again. Um, because I truly do want to make this podcast a priority. I really have enjoyed doing it and I feel like going into motherhood and all the things that are going to be changing, I'm just going to have a lot that I'm going to want to talk about and share and people that I want to bring on as guests, so I hope you guys stick around for all of that stuff. Um, if you saw my Instagram stories recently, I said I asked for questions for a QA, and a a pregnancy Q&A. And since I am 39 weeks and five days today, we are two days away from our due date, which is absolutely insane. I figured I should probably record this while I'm still pregnant, while I have the time, um before the baby's here and I'm just like swept up in a complete newborn bubble where I might not get around to this for a while. So here we are. We're gonna record it today. I'm gonna try to answer all of you guys' questions, give you some pregnancy insight. I'm sure you've heard a lot of if you listen to podcasts about motherhood or you have pregnant friends, I'm sure you've heard all the things. But yeah, I just want to share my perspective, my experience and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Okay, so jumping straight into the first question, what was your first thought when you found out? Honestly, I think it's just, there's just an initial shock, and I know everyone says that, but if you are not actively trying for a baby, you know that it's a possibility, depending on, you know, if you're on birth control or you know what, your situation is, but you still kind of are not expecting it. Um, I have a very, very regular cycle, I always have. And so, when I was, I think I was one day late or two days late, um, it was a Sunday morning before church. I got up, was gonna get ready to go to church. I was like, oh, let me just take a test, you know, let me, I've got one here, let me just be sure. Um, that, for whatever reason, my cycle is just a little bit off this time. And a plus popped up, like, almost pretty much immediately. So, I just remember, like, staring at it. Because you're just like, wait. No, no, no. That, like, can't be real. Even if you want a baby or you're okay with a baby at that current time, you still have this just, like, initial, like, glazed over. Like, they're, what? What? how (laughs) like you know how but how and so I think that that was my first thought is I was like okay yes this is possible but also maybe it's not accurate but if it is accurate oh my gosh like what the heck um so just a lot of emotions kind of flood in at once and the next question was how did you tell HB and I pretty much like immediately walked out of the bathroom I mean, it was like 7am, woke him up and said, I just took a pregnancy test and it's positive. And he, he's like, one, coming out of like super deep sleep, two, just like also completely shocked. He was like, wait, what? Um. So yeah, not the most uh, <laughs> inspirational way to tell your husband. I always see all these extremely cute TikToks and all this stuff. And my first thought is like, how did they wait to tell them? Like, it it was just such an like an overwhelming thing that I was like, I can't even think about going to the store and like preparing some sort of gift or like preparing some sort of surprise and then like keeping it a secret all day and like props to people who can do that. But I mean, my first thing was like, HB, you have to wake up. I just took a pregnancy test and it's positive. So we kind of just sat on the side of the bed for a few minutes, just looking at it. Honestly, just both like, what do we do? Like, wait, what? So yeah, that was like the initial, the initial thoughts and like how I told him. And then, you know, he suggested that I take another test in, you know, in a little bit just to be sure. So I kind of like waited an hour. I don't know if anyone else is like this, but I see this now with like fertility people on TikTok who um, have to test really frequently with like their ovulation and that kind of thing. So they take multiple tests at one time. They usually pee into a cup and then dip the test. I did not do that. Um, I just peed on the stick like I thought you were supposed to. So I had to wait like an hour and a half before I had enough pee in order to be able to take another test. So I was kind of just like rummaging around the house, making breakfast, just trying to keep myself distracted, like drinking water, but not drinking too much water because that can like affect the test Um, in order to be able to take another test. So, and then I took the second test, which was a digital test and it popped up and said pregnant, like pretty much right away. So... um also I just want to say like this is not to be insensitive to anybody else's stories like I know fertility is such a different thing and unique experience for everyone and so if it wasn't that easy for you or if you're currently in the process of trying to get pregnant like this is not to be like oh yeah like we weren't even trying kind of thing like absolutely not um so yeah I just I see you and that's so hard and um I don't want to insensitive in any way. This was just my personal experience. So the next question is how long before it actually hit you that you're bringing a baby into the world? Honestly, I'm still not quite sure if it's hit me. I have moments of like, oh my gosh, this is so real, especially when the baby's like moving, which this baby moves a lot. So I feel that constantly. And you know, you're preparing the house and you're washing all the clothes and you're doing all of the things. But I still think until I like meet the baby until the baby is been birthed and is like laid on my chest. Like, I don't know. It still feels very surreal, if that makes sense. I think there's just absolutely no way to prepare for it and prepare for like what you're going to experience and what you're going to feel when you have a baby, especially your first child. Like, it is absolutely something you've never been through before. So to even try to like put into words what that experience will be like or feel like, like obviously I've imagined it in my head so many times and I think about it constantly now, especially that I'm like the baby can come at any minute. You're just, it's just so hard not to just constantly think about it. I truly have to like distract myself during the days. Um, But yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't know that it is fully real and I don't know that it fully real be will be real until the baby is like in our arms. Obviously from the moment that you conceive, you know that there's a living being growing inside of you. Even when you can't see, feel, hear any of that thing, like you know, even when your body hasn't changed yet, all that stuff. You still know that like you now have this other life to care for and your body's like doing all these things to take care of it and to help it grow and all of this stuff, which is just so crazy. So that's a whole experience in and of itself, just the whole pregnancy experience. But yeah, I think like, I think from what I've heard from friends too, like the baby is born and then you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm mom. Like this is what was inside of me this whole time. So I think that transition obviously from belly to like world will make it very, very real. Um, so yeah, still it it feels real and it feels like, Oh my gosh, any day now, but also at the same time, it still feels very surreal. If that makes sense. Overview of your pregnancy, strongest symptoms, any weird cravings? Oh man. So my pregnancy, I feel like has been quite a bit of ups and downs. I think I talked about this on one of my podcasts previously, but my first trimester was extremely rough from about seven weeks until about 14 weeks. I was very, very, very sick, um, throwing up pretty much all day, every day in bed, just really unable to eat, unable to keep fluids down. I did not want water. Water was like the worst thing in the world to me. So that was really hard. Just even trying to like stay hydrated and make sure I have enough nutrients and food for the baby. My prenatals made me very sick. Um, I know a lot of people talk about prenatals making them nauseous. That was definitely the case for me. I tried many different brands. Everything just sat so terribly in my stomach. I mean, I was basically eating like toast, grilled cheese, uh, Gatorade. Yeah the occasional like bagel or something. Like I would try to eat whatever sounded good at the time, because usually whatever sounded good is like what my body would handle best. But it was a really, really long seven weeks. Like I will say that was probably the longest part of my pregnancy because I was truly unable to like care for myself, like make make my own food. HB was on tour at the time. So I was spending a lot of time with my parents. My parents were having to come down and take care of me. My mom came down a lot. Um, I went home to Kentucky for like three weeks to stay at the house with them because my dad works from home. So he was able to bring up food to my room and stuff like that during the day. I did take Zofran occasionally, but my doctor really, really wanted me to try not to have to take it unless I just wasn't keeping food down at all. So I really tried to just take the Zofran only when I absolutely had to like it, the car ride from Atlanta to Kentucky like I was vomiting so much I had to take Zofran just to be able to like make that 5 hour car ride even possible but for the most part I kind of just tried to sleep and <laughs> get through it um it was really tough it was emotionally exhausting i mean physically obviously i was super weak and just did not feel well. And you had these moments of just like, is this ever going to end? Is this going to be my entire pregnancy? Am I ever going to feel normal again? Um, Would just call HB crying, like, I'm just so tired of being sick. I just want to be normal. And at that point, a lot of people still didn't know. We didn't officially announce on Instagram or anything until 20 weeks. So yeah, I was kind of like, I had some friends that didn't even know, like there were quite a few people in my life that. I just kind of disappeared for a little bit, and you know, I just kind of said like, "Oh, I'm like not feeling well, or whatever," or "I'm gonna go home and spend time with my parents." But yeah, it was that was really rough. So that was probably one of the hardest parts of pregnancy. It was just that first trimester getting through that. Once that subsided, I had a lot of normal pregnancy symptoms. I would say, lots of heartburn, acid reflux. I've kind of had that throughout the second and third trimesters my nose bleeds often which is something so weird but that started in the first trimester and then I read that that was a normal pregnancy symptom and that has been like that has happened to me quite often which is odd because I don't know if I've ever had a nosebleed in my life before now and now I'm pregnancy it's like I blow my nose and it's like almost always blood um so that's super fun um Trying to think of other pregnancy symptoms. I mean, I would just say the overall, like, nausea and fatigue are probably the biggest symptoms. My nausea got so much better in the second trimester. Came back a little bit in the third trimester and is still, still kind of shows up here and there. But nothing compared to the first trimester, which is great um, that I was able to kind of get over that and not have that my entire pregnancy. Some people do have that their entire pregnancy, And, man, for those of you that that's the case, I am so sorry because I truly cannot imagine. Um, Any weird cravings? First trimester, I craved a lot of tomatoes. Like, I wanted, like, tomato soup and that kind of thing, which was kind of bad because my stomach wasn't really able to handle it. But I realized that I was low on iron. And so, apparently, craving tomatoes can be... um, that can be the case if, like, you're low on iron, you might crave like certain foods. So I think that that was a craving in the beginning. Now, at the very end, it's been sugar, but for the most part throughout my pregnancy, it's been savory type food like chips, which I'm not that mass I'm not that big of a chip eater. So that was kind of interesting. Like I had a thing for baked plain lays for a while, just like would always get a bag of those at the grocery store. We could eat the whole bag in a day. Um, so that like salt, I don't know, I just craved a lot of that like salty stuff and like little snacky things, especially since my stomach was pretty sensitive. I, It was harder to eat big full meals. So I would like snack a lot or eat small little things. I've craved a lot of cheese, which cheese for me is kind of like, a comfort food like just cheese or crackers like that always somehow settles my stomach so yeah just eating random like chunks of cheese here and there <laughs> um other than that I don't feel like I've had any like super weird cravings I kind of just like whatever it is that day that's usually what I have um within moderation or I try within moderation definitely cereal to the last like three weeks I've just like wanted cereal every day I could eat cereal for every single meal right now which it's not really the most nutritious and I like like Reese's Puffs and like Cinnamon Toast Crunch so try not to have that for every meal but um it's definitely usually like a 10 p.m. snack for me at this point so did the nine months go by fast yes and no. So there were parts of it that felt like they were going by so slow. Obviously, first trimester felt like it was miserably slow. The days felt 72 hours long. And then getting up to 20 weeks, it was like, okay, halfway point, you feel like you've like really made it. But then getting from 20 to 30 felt pretty slow. And then 30 to now has felt so fast. I don't know if that's just because have been like more active and just doing more things and the days are just going by quicker or because you have a lot more to like prepare for so you're trying to get everything done before the baby comes yeah so it was kind of like a combination of yes when I look back at the overall time of everything it truly does feel like it's gone so fast like I can't believe we're two days away from our due date at this point but there were moments when I was in in that time period, that felt like it was just going very, very slow. So yeah, a little bit of both. Were you ever afraid of labor? How did you prepare or overcome it? If so? I don't know that I necessarily feared labor. I feel like a few years ago, I found some moms on Instagram. um, One of them being a girl named Grace Allen, her husband played for the Falcons. Here in Atlanta and we had mutual friends. And I started following her. Oh my gosh, I don't know, probably four or five years ago now. But she has a podcast with her husband. And she has talked a lot about pregnancy. I don't know, just the way she talked about it, I felt like really put it into a perspective of like how beautiful it is and just the journey of motherhood. And she just did it with such confidence, such grace that I just became kind of intrigued by women who were doing motherhood like this. I think that I have seen a lot of friends and that kind of thing. And that's not always been their experience. And obviously everyone is, everyone's experience is so valid. And I know that motherhood is hard. Postpartum is hard. Raising children is hard. But I really honed in on finding women that were representing like the type of mom that I wanted to be. Um, this was even like before I was married or like maybe right when HP and I started dating because I've just always wanted to be a mom. So I just became very kind of intrigued. Um, I would listen to podcasts and like birth stories and just found some people on social media that I felt really inspired by in terms of how they went about preparing for birth, labor, their, um, outlook on everything. And I tried to like fill my mind with that versus just all the negativity that you can also see about motherhood and birth and labor and delivery and all the things your body goes through like yes there are very 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 hard things with pregnancy seeing your body change is so hard Um, the uncomfortability of it all is so hard your hormones are so out of whack I'm not even to postpartum yet and I've been walking um, through postpartum with a couple of really close friends and seeing their experiences and just Their up and downs and day to days and the things that are hard and the things that they're working through, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, my mom also always talked about labor and delivery with such like a, women are incredible. Like this is a natural thing. Our bodies are designed to do this kind of mentality. Her first two births, my older brother and me, were unmedicated, you know, very holistic births and the last birth, my little brother was only medicated because of some complications, but she still just always spoke about it with such like birth is beautiful. Motherhood is beautiful. Breastfeeding is beautiful. So I feel like I really had that perspective, which is amazing because I know not everybody has that. So I've always just wanted This experience, even especially within the last couple of years, to be this full um, body, mind and spirit journey that I don't know, is just this like beautiful transition into one of the coolest things that I will probably ever get to do. And so I feel like my mindset has, yes, obviously, I have some fears about labor, it's completely unknown, and it's new. So that's scary in and of itself. I've really tried to focus in on preparing um, my mentality, which I think is from what I've heard. One of the biggest parts about birth is you can prepare physically, but if you're not mentally prepared, like it's ninety percent mental. So, in order to do that, I've been listening to birth podcasts, watching positive birth vlogs, speaking with my doulas about things, and just getting reassurance. Um, Confiding in close friends that have had good experiences and hearing their experience. I listen to birth meditations. I do birth affirmations. I journal, like all of these things that are getting my body and brain into a positive place that doesn't fear labor, but is ready to embrace labor. And that's what I've tried to do. I obviously will let you know how that goes once I actually give birth because like I said, I haven't experienced it yet. So it's going to be in a, a completely new experience, something that I've never done before. And I know that there are going to be some really, really hard parts to it. So, but yeah, that's kind of what, I don't know. I don't, I just, I think I've seen so many women do it and so many women do do it daily. Like so many women give birth daily. And even just thinking about that, like everybody, that you know in your life was like born in this way. And so, yeah, I've just really, really tried to keep a positive mindset. I've been really cautious about the things that I'll watch or listen to, and it's not because I don't want to be informed. I am informed. I know that there are risks. I know that complications happen. I know that c-sections happen. I know that you know all these things i'm I'm aware of. But I feel like, like with anything, it kind of like what you feed your brain is like, you know, that that's going to be how you view something, like what you're consuming the most of. So I've really, really tried hard to just be cautious about the birth stories that I'm consuming, um, people's experiences, if they did have a really traumatizing experience or a really bad experience, like obviously holding space for that, but also knowing that that doesn't have to be my experience and just believing that, you know, I'm going to have a positive, beautiful birth. And that's kind of what has, I think, prepared me or what I've tried to use to overcome any sort of fears that I did have. Um, And then just also like I mentioned birth affirmations, but if I'm feeling myself get anxious or whatever, I listen to like a birth meditation or something that specifically talks to fear and birthing, that kind of thing, because I just feel like our brains are so, so powerful. And so yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. On top of that, I took a online birth course, I did the same course that a couple of my friends did. And we kind of went through it together. Not like together, but we all kind of have been journeying through this process together. And her outlook on birth is that it's just this natural thing that God designed our bodies to do and she backs things up with scripture and she's just like she's very informative you learn a lot educationally but also you learn so much about why our bodies were designed to do this and how our bodies are designed to do this and the actual process of birth and I feel like learning about all of that has just it's helped me so much to truly understand oh Our bodies do this in labor because it helps counteract pain or, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like I could go on for days about this because I truly do feel so passionate about it. But yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing. So yeah, I have some fears. I mean, there's a lot of unknown and I am prone to anxiety. So it's just been for me trying to prepare mentally and keep my mindset in the best place as possible. Keep my body as relaxed as possible. Just being confident that I can do this, that I was made to do this. um, Those have been like super key for me. Along with that, somebody asked about books to read while pregnant. To be honest, I have not read an entire book since being pregnant. I am reading the French baby book, Bringing Up Baby, I think it's called. Um, Still working my way through that. It's fun. It's a fun book to read. I really have enjoyed it. Other than that, for me, it's been mostly podcasts, YouTube videos, reading articles. And I watch a lot of doulas on Instagram or TikTok. They have such good resources and short informational videos about all different things about birth and labor. And that has been so helpful for me. One of the Instagrams I look at a lot is called, um, oh, what's it called? pain-free labor. That's one. That's the online course that I did. Um, there's one called a working mom. There's one that's called serenity doula, I believe. Um, and then the one that the YouTube that I watched the most is called built to birth and it's this doula and she makes YouTube videos on literally everything. Like anytime I've not understood something completely, Or I've wanted to have a better understanding of something or I've just wanted to hear a doula's perspective on it. I've watched her YouTube video on it. She has a video on, I'm not kidding, like every single thing about pregnancy, labor and delivery, postpartum, anything you could imagine. And um, she's really factual. It's really easy to digest information. That for me has been so much more helpful than trying to sit down and read a full book A lot of people um, recommended Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. I kind of wish at this point that I would have read it because I've just heard that it's wonderful. But I don't know, sitting down to read was just really hard for me to do. And I don't know what it was. So I feel like I did a lot better with digesting, you know, little bits of information on TikTok and just kind of saving those and going back to them to watch them or just watching YouTube videos from doulas and birth educators. My doula sent me a lot of resources. Um, Evidence-Based Birth is a great blog. They have a podcast as well with lots of evidence-based information. So, yeah, not really books, but um, those are, I guess, the resources that I was using. Okay, I got asked about all things pregnancy fashion, and I'm going to be so honest I kind of feel like I failed in the maternity style. I didn't get super creative with it. I kind of stuck to what I know, which is baggy jeans, lots of vintage Levi's. I just kept sizing up um, or wearing my husband's jeans the further I got along. Baggy t-shirts and button ups, lots of hoodies, lots of sweat sets, a couple of like fitted ribbed dresses that was kind of how I would like dress up if I had to actually you know dress up for something but yeah my my pregnancy style and my actual style kind of just stayed exactly the same and luckily I just wore a lot of my husband's clothes Um, I think I bought like one pair of jeans or two pairs of jeans and just sized up quite a bit and those lasted me pretty much up until this point. Now I'm not really wearing jeans at all because one it's hot in Atlanta and two it's just not comfortable. But yeah, I just I wish I had um more uh fashion expertise to give, <laughs> but and I've seen so many people do like such cute maternity outfits and they I don't know, they really like just really have fun with their style with their bump and it wasn't that I didn't like my bump or that I didn't want to do that. It's just that I naturally gravitate towards like baggier clothes anyway, wear a lot of like oversized button ups or, you know, baggy tees or I don't know, um, hoodies and that kind of thing. So that's kind of what I stuck with. And to be honest, I didn't have like a fully formed like bump until probably like 30 weeks that was when I actually was like, okay, I have to like dress around this now. Um, So for the first, the good portion of my like beginning of my pregnancy, I kind of just wore the same things that I usually do. And then when the bump started happening, it was a little more difficult. But I found that a more like fitted tee underneath or a fitted tank top underneath, and then like a denim jacket or a flannel or a button up or something over top like to accentuate the bump actually a lot of times was better than to just put something super baggy over it. I was luckily pregnant during winter the majority of the time and let me tell you that was not planned, but oof, it was if I could do it again, that was that would be exactly what I would want because I was able to wear baggy sweaters, sweatshirts, hoodies, big jackets, you know, all of that stuff boots and that kind of thing and most of the time it honestly just hid my bump like I just didn't look pregnant for a good portion of it which that's fine but I just if it was summertime I think I would have struggled so much more because even now getting into where it's like gotten a lot warmer in Atlanta and I'm at the end of my pregnancy with a bigger bump I really don't know what to wear I'm like okay bike shorts and an oversized button down with sneakers again for like the fifth time this week. So yeah, I don't necessarily feel like I maybe have the best advice on pregnancy fashion. Um, I've seen some people do it super, super well. I don't feel like I was one of those people, but I mostly just kind of kept to what I know and what I like and sized up and, you know, baggy clothes are great. So that was, uh, that was my go-to what is your birth plan? So, obviously, everything doesn't always go to plan. So, this is, you know, what I have envisioned. This is what I have written down on the printed out piece of paper that I'll give my nurses and that I gave my doulas and that I'll have with me at the hospital. But, you know, everything there's just so much that's out of your control with labor and delivery and all of that. So I'm holding this or trying to hold this loosely. Um, my current birth plan is to be, I will give, be giving birth at a hospital. Um, I will have a doula there with me and also obviously HB and I want to go as unmedicated for as long as possible. I'm trying to avoid induction if at all possible. Um, I just really, really, really have put an emphasis on letting my body do what it knows to do and to do this naturally. Like I'm on, I'm almost 40 weeks and I've not had my membrane swept yet. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's just something that they often do leading up to your 40th week. Um, so a lot of times at 39 weeks, they'll sweep your membranes, um, which is up in your cervix to try to help labor kind of jumpstart or they'll like you know they might give you like Cervidil or other things to help thin your cervix if your cervix is not already thinning on its own. There's just a lot of things that come with having a having birth in a hospital with an actual OBGYN versus at home or like with a midwife. I did want to be in a hospital because I have had a history of hemorrhage with surgery. And I just felt like I would feel safer knowing my history with panic and anxiety with having people there that could immediately attend to complications versus if you're at home, you have to then be transferred to a hospital. Midwives can't do surgery. um, So they're just kind of limited. And if something does arise, being able to treat that for you, you would probably have to be transferred again to a hospital if you're not already in a hospital. So I am having a hospital birth, but trying to do it in the most natural, calming way possible. Um, My doulas are wonderful. I am with um, a group called the North Atlanta birth doulas. I have two doulas, Rachel and Hannah. Only one will be with me during birth, depending on which one's on call. But they have been with me since I think about 28 weeks, maybe, I think, is when I hired them. And so they've just been kind of with me, like through every step, every question that I've had. They'll get to be with me there through all of labor and delivery and a little bit of postpartum, which has made me feel really, really great and really safe and really just at peace because I have people now that can advocate for me in the hospital before leading up to 34 weeks pregnant we were only going to be allowed to have one support person in the hospital with us. And so obviously that was going to be HB and then COVID protocol and policy changed and they're allowing you to have another support person in there with you now. So I am going to get to have my doula, which originally we thought she was just going to be virtual. So that kind of changed the game for me that helped me relax so much because now I know that me and HB can like focus in, he can just focus in on being there for me, whatever I need emotional support or physical touch or whatever, and not be worried about talking to all the nurses and answering questions. And, you know, that's, that would really kind of take me out of my mindset as well. So knowing that I now have a doula that will be there with me through the whole process, kind of answering those questions, they know what I want. We've talked about all of these things in depth, so they can kind of advocate for me, and really help me in that process. Um, so yeah, that's my current birth plan. I'm open to it changing. I, If I need to get the epidural and I'm unable to continue being present and I'm just not handling it well, then I think the epidural will be a great option for me to be able to relax a little bit more or get some rest or whatever I need. I'm absolutely not against that. But I do kind of want to just see how long my body can go and what I can do on my own, and then address it from there. Um, I'm hoping not to have to have Pitocin to push anything along. Um, Yeah, I'm just really hoping to let my body kind of do what it is made to do. I mean, God designed us this way for a reason. And I know that's not always the case. And if you know, I happen to have to be induced or, you know, what, whatever arises, I'll handle that when, when that comes. But yeah, my current birth plan is to just be in a safe, calm environment, um, to let my body naturally do what it knows to do. And for my body and my baby to just work together in that sense. And, um, you know, for me to be healthy and the baby to be healthy, like ultimately that's obviously the, the ultimate goal and um, main concern. So what will your birthing environment be? Who will be with you when you're welcoming the baby into the world? So I just talked about that. It'll be HB and my doula. And then obviously the nurses and the OBGYN at the hospital. The environment, um, I've already put on my birth plan that I want like low lights, um, dim lights. If I can be in the shower a lot, I'm hoping for that. Um, shower or bath, like just to keep myself calm and relaxed. Plan on having my birthing meditations going on in the background or my birth playlist which is pretty much just worship music you know having that stuff going just to keep me like centered and grounded and you know working on breathing exercises and all that thing all those things but yeah just hoping for a very I know hospitals can sometimes feel sterile and loud and there's like a lot going on and you know people are in and out of your room so my goal is to just hopefully have it to be as calm and as peaceful and serene and relaxing of an environment as possible because I think my body will will be at its best if that's the case so how did HB prepare did he do any classes with you so our doulas gave us classes to go through they also we had a a long zoom call with them like a two-hour zoom call where we went over everything and then they also came to our house for about like three and a half hours and they walked him through things we talked about everything we talked about kind of the process of birth and labor and delivery they showed him some stretches he can help me do they showed him techniques for counter pressure in labor and delivery and things that he can do and we just talked about like partner expectations and all of those things so I feel like The doulas have been so wonderful in not only helping me prepare, but helping him feel prepared too. I mean, I have no doubt that he's going to do amazing. He's less of like a researcher, got to know everything kind of person than I am. So I feel like I'll like send him stuff or I'll be like, oh my gosh, this, 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 you know, because I just kind of research until my brain can't hold any more information. That helps me feel calm and safe and somewhat in control but the doulas have been so wonderful and just like being attentive to him as well and I think that that's going to be huge having one of them in the hospital with us to not like necessarily coach him but to like give him suggestions or just to be there to support us both so yeah that's kind of how we've been like preparing as a couple is working through all this together and then Just any information that I feel like is important to me, I also share with him just so we can be on the same page. He can kind of know, obviously, what I want, what my goals for the birth are. He's obviously at at all of the OBGYN appointments, so he, you know, gets that perspective of what as well of kind of what their protocols are and just, you know, he hears our conversations and that kind of thing, so... Yeah, that's kind of what we've been doing. And I think this is the last question. It says, do you have a name or will you wait to meet the baby? We do have a name. Um, We've had a name for so long, which feels kind of weird. But it was just something that once we found out the gender we said, and then the name kind of stuck. And then we were just like, yeah, this just like makes sense. So I would be shocked if that does not end up being the name um we obviously have not announced gender on public platforms or anything we have friends and family that know the gender but yeah I'm just like truly so excited to one obviously meet this baby like this has been such a long time coming but also to then get to like introduce the baby to the world to our friends to our family like with their name, with, you know, like it just, I don't know. There's just something about the fact that we haven't told like everyone the gender yet and no one knows the name. Like, actually, I don't think really anyone knows the name except maybe like two people. So yeah, it'll be like so, I don't know, special, I think, to just get to introduce the baby with their name, like all at once of like, this is like who this person is. I don't know, I'm envisioning, like, a Lion King moment of, like, you know, lifting little Simba up on the, up on the mountain, and, like, everybody cheering, but (laughs) obviously, (laughs) I know that won't, that won't be, like, an accurate depiction, but that's, like, kind of how it feels, you know, it's, like, oh my gosh, like, just so, like, proud of this, like, human that, like, we've created, and we get to, like, introduce them, and, like, share them in that way, so, yeah, that has been my pregnancy journey I hope that answered all of your all's questions this was so fun getting to kind of recap this actually now that I'm like a couple days away from my due date I'm like oh this was the perfect time to do this because I feel like I've just gotten to look back and like talk about things and share things and I feel like it's still so fresh on my mind because the baby isn't here yet whereas had I waited until after the baby was born to then try to record this podcast. I think that would have been super difficult because everyone says you just forget everything and you're just in such bliss that you just, that's all that matters at that point. So yeah, I'm just so, so excited to like share all this with you all. I'm excited to share my birth story later on and how all that goes. And then to just also have more motherhood episodes, if those are, that's content that you're interested in. I mean, even if it's not, you're probably going to get it because it's going to be my life pretty much um, from here on out. But yeah, this was awesome. Thank you, everyone who sent in questions and also just all the sweet DMs and just everyone being so encouraging, especially these last few weeks and checking in on me or just, you know, sending words of encouragement and all that just it truly means so much. And I don't know, maybe by the time you're listening to this podcast, our uh, sweet baby brown will be here.